This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 15 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. All right, and welcome back, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us again today. You've tuned in to Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your co-host, Michael Markey, with me today. Q. You aren't supposed to introduce me, not just say Q. You're supposed to say, and with me today is my wife, Vanessa. And I say, hi, everyone. How are you today? What is this, your third show, and now you're telling me how it's supposed to, do, how it's supposed to go? Yes. You're a business major, not a communications and major. And I listen to the radio every morning, and the main host always says, I'm blah, 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 and these are my co-hosts, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Oh, so now it's Count Dracula. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, on a serious note, thank you for joining us today, everybody. It's truly a pleasure. You're listening to Fireproof Your Retirement with your co-host, Michael Markey, and his wonderful, beautiful wife, Vanessa Markey, with us today behind the scenes as he is each and every week doing a fantastic job for us. We've got producer Mitch. And in case you're new to the show, this is the show where the only blanket statement we like is that we don't like blanket statements. And quickly, we believe that money does not have meaning. Because if money had meaning, people would share with loved ones and friends, kids, how fulfilled their life has been because of how large their investments have grown to. Nobody says that because money doesn't have meaning. It only has purpose, and its purpose is to give or to spend. So our goal is to try to change your life by changing the way people look view talk which is what we're going to do today talk about money so right all right so today's show we're going to talk about communication communication with spouses maybe even communication with friends communication with your advisor and communication with children that's one that's the taboo one right there don't especially in west michigan you don't talk to your kids actually i think it's more the other way isn't it as kids you don't talk to your parents about money I think it goes both ways. Does it? I mean, I grew up in a Dutch community where you don't talk about money at all. Sure. It's rude. You know, and there's lessons, though, that we can learn. That's what we want to share today is that we all make mistakes with money. No one, maybe there's a few, very few people are just born good at money. So we want to share failures, successes, so you can, the future generations and other people, they can build upon those. The first, for this first segment, let's talk about communication between husband and wife, or spouses, or significant others, whatever you want to, life partners, if you will. That, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> it's the way that you said it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and let's talk about how, I think we can break it down into two things. No communication, petty communication. Which one do you think is worse? Um, personally, I think, mm, well, I don't know, because they both have their negative impacts. You know, in different ways. First glance, I was going to say petty because I think petty drives people further away from each other. 
That is true. It does create a wedge in between people. We were talking before the show about a friend of yours who, you know, they really have struggled with this petty communication. Yeah, um, I think they've gotten better at it since they've had kids. But um, I've got a a friend of mine and her husband shortly after they got married. um, They were they both were working. They were doing okay. I mean, they didn't have anything saved up and they were making enough to support themselves, but not necessarily enough to have savings. So um, like one day, one day, the Bob, excuse me, Bob and Mary, Bob comes home um, and he has a a strong passion for fixing up old trucks and things. He just likes old trucks and works on them quite regularly. By old trucks, we're just talking how much money? Three, four grand? Two, three grand? Yeah, two, three, probably. Okay. Depending on what he's got to do to it. I don't, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. It's it's less than $5,000. Put a full tank of gas in it, the value of the truck doubles? Yes. Okay. So anyways, he has this passion for working on older trucks um, and fixing them up and driving them. And he comes home one day with one, with a mm-hmm. new one, a new old truck. And Mary gets mad at him because he spent this money that they don't necessarily have in savings. Um, and she doesn't say anything to him. And two days later, she comes home with a new designer purse. So, so two, three hundred dollars. Yeah, probably. Easily. I, sure. I don't know. What coach runs these days? But it wasn't, you know, there's some households that would struggle to buy a $20 purse. But to put it in perspective, so we got Bob here, spent a few thousand. Mary's then upset with him. So she goes out and spent a few hundred dollars. Is she, in reality, is she any less mad at him? No. And then now he's mad at her. her. Right. And so it's this stake. It's this, it's a wedge. Correct. And I mean, they didn't necessarily have the two, three hundred dollars in the bank to buy a designer purse, let alone to buy the truck. So then you combine both of those purchases and it makes it worse, essentially. Well, you know, and then when you don't have the money, people are putting it on Visa. They're putting it on MasterCard. Yes. And now you've got that bill. It's a it's a reminder. Next month, first of the month, you get your Visa bill again. And you've got not only the purchase for the person, probably some truck parts too. Let's not say Bob's out of the right. clear here. No. But now I've got the interest on it. And the next month, I've got another reminder. Mm-hmm. And the next month, I've got another reminder and another reminder and another r- reminder. And it continues. If we don't talk about these things, it continues to be that wedge that gets bigger and bigger. Well, right. Because even though you went out, even though Mary went out and bought the purse, she's still teed off mm-hmm. at Bob because he's got this truck that he's working on. So now he comes home from work and instead of sitting down and having dinner together, he's going out to the barn to go work on the truck. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with having hobbies, but it goes back to, I think we got to realize husbands, wives, spouses, significant others, life partners, they're not always going to do, they're going to do some stupid things. You're going to come home someday with something you didn't really need, but you wanted. Right. And the other one's not going to agree. And so I don't think the point we're trying to make here is let's get rid of that and we can live in some society where that never happens. It's going to happen. It's the talking about it part because that's, I mean, that's the biggest issue that most couples have. I mean, they don't talk about things, especially big things like, I mean, one of the number one factors in divorce is money. Well, and that's the whole point of the show (laughs) is talking about money because money has such little meaning yet it does so much damage. I think everyone listening obviously knows the point we're trying to make here is we want Bob and Mary then to talk about that purchase. I got to tell you, as an advisor, I see this a lot. We kind of joke in our office a little bit that our job has become 
to some degree, more about counseling than it is about money. Most of you listening right now, you've worked with an advisor for years, but one of the only things that advisor has ever really talked to you about is the rate of return on investment. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Those that means nothing to the normal person sitting across the desk from you. <laughs> so you are going to go out and say you're normal now. Not necessarily. The but. idea, though, that, that's why we're here together, because, you know, we've been doing this for years here locally, trying to explain things and help people change lives by helping people have more control about with their money. Control over your money doesn't mean always firing the advisor. There's been some people who have taken it over themselves, but that's not the point. The point has been knowing where these dollars go. More of the equation is about where the dollars are going out than how much those dollars that are still in the account are making. And we can change lives. We can save retirements by helping people figure out how much can go out each month. One of the things I hear all the time, I'll ask somebody, well, you know, what is your financial plan? What's your retirement plan? They go, well, I think my advisor has one. Well, where is it? Well, I don't know. You know, they've got it somewhere. If it's not written down, in my opinion, it's not a plan. It's just an idea. But I'll say, well, how much, you know, how much you need to, for income? They'll go, well, we planned on 48,000. I get that one a lot. I don't know why 48 is like the magic number. I think it's just people go, well, four grand a month, pretty good. But where'd that number come from? You know where, when we ask people where that 48,000 a year came from? Guess where they... My advisor told me? No, because that I would be okay with. Most people retiring, and I ask them, where did you come up with this number? They say, they asked me how much we thought we'd need. Now, if you're listening, that may not sound like that big of a deal. But if you're listening, how many times have you retired? How many times will you retire? We've helped hundreds, if not thousands of families now walk that journey. It is weird. If you spend 40 years working and getting checks, and all of a sudden now we don't want to check, it's weird. I promise you that. If that variable was left to you, who has, and I mean this with no disrespect, who has no experience on retirement planning, one of the major factors on the success or failure of retirement is the amount coming out each month. If that was left to you, there may have been a pretty big mistake made. So I encourage you to go to one of our workshops. We hold our workshops where? Rock. Oh, at libraries. <laughs> See, I caught you not paying attention. Well, now, why do we hold them at libraries? Because it's an educational building and it's not stressful to be there. Exactly. It's non-confrontational. I know that this probably is not going to win me friends with this next statement. I didn't even talk to you about this one, but I think it's a brilliant idea. Every firm you meet will say they're out there to help people and teach. Yet, if that's what your firm says and that's what you think they believe, ask, ask them this question. How much pro bono work do you do? If they say their goal is to help people and teach people, then ask them, look them in the eye and say, how much pro bono work do you do? Zero. I'll bet you that's the answer a lot of you get. And I can tell you, and I don't say this to toot our own horn, but I can tell you at our firm, about 20 to 30% of the work we're doing now is pro bono to help people because that is what we do. So if you're not getting that kind of advice, all you're getting is advice on what's the rate of return, the tenure yield on your investments. Go to one of our workshops. They're at libraries to make it non-confrontational, to be educational. Give us a call, 616-589-4004, 616-589-4004, or go on the web, Legacy Financial Network, all one word, LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. 
Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Today we're talking about communication between spouses, loved ones, significant others, life partners in regards to money. So before the break, we talked about petty communication. One spouse buying something, the other spouse. You know, I think maybe we could even redefine this not as petty communication, but retaliatory. Now I know why we didn't use that word. Because it's too long and too difficult. you can't say it. <laughs> Most of you don't know, but in college I took a ball to the mouth. And so the bottom half of my lip is never really gotten the feeling back. And so some words are difficult, but we'll try to get... So is drinking out of a straw. <laughs> Retaliatory spending, I think, would be a more accurate way to put it. Um, we wanted to go to no communication now. Share us that story. Again, Bob and Mary, uh, some people that we know because our kids went to daycare with them. Um, with their kids? Yeah. And so, obviously, over the years, I mean, we've got a couple that went there. They were there for quite some time. Um, talking to them, or actually more so just talking to Mary, um, so I didn't really see Bob a whole lot. Um and they didn't ever talk about finances. She did. She ran one business of her own and he ran another business of his own. And they never t- discussed back and forth anything, really. I, but this is the typical American household. Mary took care of the bills. Correct. Yep. Mary took, well, the household bills. Right. Um, and Bob took care of his business bills and... You know, no communication. So anyways, um, going to drop our son off one morning and she's practically in tears. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's worried because their furnace just went out and she's three months behind on their mortgage and doesn't have any money to cover it. And Bob has no idea. Right. Because they never shared any of that. And it was, I need to be strong. This is my responsibility. Right. Yep. And it was, he has, you know, he has no idea. We don't even have anything in savings, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how, how did you get to this point where you are so far behind that you may or may not lose your house? And then another catastrophic event happens where your furnace dies and you don't, you're freaking out. Like rightfully so you should be, but how does your husband not know this? You know, bad things happen to good people. Absolutely. They're they're the nicest people who give you the shirt off their back, but it just it's like well, I'm just looking at her going, How does Bob not know this? But sometimes we make a little decision and another little decision and another little decision and these things compound on each other and then all of a sudden we bring our head up and we're in a position that we never thought we'd ever be in. Right. And I think I think on her end it was a, a sense of pride mm-hmm. that she didn't want to admit that it had gotten even one household payment behind, let alone three. Mm -hmm. And then this catastrophic event happened. And then, I mean, embarrassed, completely embarrassed because she didn't feel like she was holding up her end of, you know, of the deal. And then 
it just snowballed. No, it's not always three missed mortgage payments. I mean, hopefully very few of you listening right now are sitting there going, that's me. <laughs> I, I hope that's not yeah. the case. I mean, that's a huge extreme. I know friends that don't talk who aren't in that position, but they, they still just don't communicate. Well, maybe it's you've got two grand of credit card debt that your spouse doesn't know about. Right. And you don't tell him or her because they would be mad at you for that. Right. We got to stop getting mad at each other for opening up, especially with money, because then all of a sudden we keep these secrets. And again, it it divides people. It's a wedge. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a credit card. I I know of clients that I've met where, and I think this is important. I just you know it just kind of hit me. There are times you don't communicate. There are times that you think you've got it hidden well that the other one knows. They just don't say it. And that is, again, devastating to that relationship. I can think of one right now, a client, where the wife has been buying a lot of new clothes. She con- she buys lots and lots of new clothes. So much so that a lot of them have um, what are the stickers, the tags on them. Yeah. Years later. And she believed that her husband did not know, but he did know. Right. And being there, again, as the, I'm going to almost say, it's rather than the advisor, the counselor, as this kind of came out, it was, guys, I want you to retire. I want you to be able to have this retirement that you've shared with me that you want, that you deserve, that you've worked hundreds of thousands of hours to get to. But until you start working as a team, you're not going to get there. And I think with both topics we've touched on, petty communication or petty spending, Retaliatory spending, whichever, see, I haven't had a problem with it now, huh? <laughs> but retaliatory spending, that's detrimental to not only the family finances, but the family. No communication is detrimental to the family finances and the family. Both of them are equally bad, and both of them focus Creep. on this, working as a team. Right, and when they're not done properly, it creates a giant wedge. So I'm going to use this opportunity again because I've been shared with some of the um, stations that we're on that people don't always understand we're local. We're in um, just so these new listeners know. And some of you that have been listening for years, maybe it's just I need to, you got to hear it again um, to be encouraged to come out. We're in Grand Rapids. We're in Muskegon or Norton Shores, technically Norton Shores, but we're right off the runway, actually. It's pretty neat. Um, so Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Holland, uh, we're local. We can help. If everything's going good for you and retirement's all online, cool, wonderful. I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you. But I can tell you if you don't know for sure, if it's just because somebody said you're fine, they didn't use any math and they haven't talked about how much is actually coming in, how much is going out, whose hands did they put in charge of how much retirement income you're going to need? We talked about that earlier. If you're the one who dictated the amount of retirement income you're going to need, I think that's a flaw. If you're sitting there and there's some wedges between you and your spouse or maybe kids, I get that one a lot. Hey, I don't know when I'm being encouraging or when I'm being, what's the word I'm looking for? Detrimental, not the right word, but it will work. If you're struggling with some of these things and the only advice you're getting is just basically the compound and annual growth rate of your investments, I encourage you to come out to one of the local libraries where we're hosting one of our retirement events. It focuses on social security, but talks about so much more. Give us a call, 616-589-4004, 616-589-4004. Find us on the web, legacyfinancialnetwork.com. 
We're going to take our last break, and then we'll be right back. There are 96 different months you could file for Social Security benefits. There's over 9,000 combinations if you are married. But that's not all. There's advanced filing strategies that can also be used. By the time you factor it all in, there's over 20,000 calculations that need to be run to find the best way to file for Social Security benefits. To request your free Social Security Maximization Report from Legacy Financial Network, visit us online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. You will know exactly what to do and exactly when to do it. Welcome back to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Um, for all of our new listeners on 1340 AM, WJRW, News Talk Radio, thank you for joining us. Flagship here in Grand Rapids, you guys have been fantastic for us. WFUR 102.9 FM. Thank you, guys. And then up there in Ludington. If you're listening in Ludington, bundle up! No, I'm kidding. But 98 points. It gets colder in Ludington. 98.7 FM. Thank you, guys, for joining us. So last segment today of Fireproof Your Retirement. It's the show where we're trying to change your life by changing the way people look at money. We've been talking about communication today. Working as a team. Petty communication. No, petty spending retaliatory spending, and no communication at all in regards to your spending. All of those things are bad for the team, bad for the family, bad for the communication, bad for the finances. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) We talked at the beginning that in West Michigan it's taboo to talk about money with your kids. You mentioned that I thought it was just the going upwards, that it's bad form for the children to talk to their parents about money. But, you know, and when we say that, We don't mean, because a lot of people are probably listening going, I don't have a problem if my kids come talk to me about their financial problems. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm going to share, when we were prepping for this show, we talked about the relationship that I have with your father, which is an unusual relationship. We both got maybe the mentality of uh, the maturity. We get around each other. I think our maturity goes in half, but really good friends. I know it doesn't always happen that way, but he's also a business owner. And we've been really, really lucky. And I really cherish the relationship there because I've been able to ask specific questions of them that, you know, at first I was a little hesitant, even with how close we are, because I wanted to know, like, his name's Scott. I said, Scott, how much, you know, in the company, when you were at this level, how much debt did you have? And he would share it with me. Well, you know, when the economy went down, how much debt did you take on? How much cash did you have going into it? And as I've watched the business grow, I'll ask him, you know, as he talks about the the margins, or not necessarily the margins, but the you know the gross revenues increasing. Well, how much cash do you have now? How much cash did you used to have? And you know, we've kind of been I've been able to learn so much by asking him specific questions on debt, interest rates he has on the debt, term on the debt. Is it callable? Is it amortized over thirty years? But it's really only a ten year with a balloon. Those are conversations that a lot of people are not only uncomfortable asking but answering. And the amount that I've been able to learn from your father, from your parents, with their business, because their business is larger than ours, you know, and kind of modeling it. And I know I won't offend him because I've said this to him as well, watching as they've grown and bought some other businesses and the mistakes that they've made have been able to help us by being very, very forthcoming has helped it so that maybe we didn't make the same mistake or prepared for some of the pitfalls that they experienced with doing that. Right. Considering the fact that he talks to you more about it than he talks to me, so. That is a little unusual, considering you run one of their shops for him. Because sometimes you'll be thinking, well, I'm not doing a very good job. I'm like, your dad's happy. Well, I talked to your dad for three hours today. Oh, really? 
but that's type of communication, and I don't, you know, that doesn't exist often. And I think not only do more people listening that are younger, like we are, need to be mm, okay with asking the questions. But for some of the older listeners, you got to be okay. You got to be willing to answer those questions. So I thought it kind of just went upward that it was the taboo that you don't, you know, as a child or as a younger person, you don't ask the older people about how much money they have, how they get there. But it's also the opposite way. Can you imagine, as you start thinking about, we all know people in our lives this way, think about your grandparents for a minute. Can you imagine if we looked at their average hourly wage, what that must have been? I have no idea. I don't either. But it's an amazing thing to think about. It was probably what? $4 average. $4 an hour, five, six. I really. Honestly, I have no idea. But they're in their mid 80s, late yeah. 80s almost now. That wouldn't be far off considering he retired 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, he retired. They both retired at 55, actually. I mean, so we're talking about retiring late 80s. Mm-hmm. So us saying average wage, it's not to take anything away from him. Say average wage was high single dollars, even $12 an hour was a big wage back then. Right. And to look what they've accomplished on a financial side with those kind of wages. Can you imagine people that you and I know? who have high teens, low $20 an hour wages, are they saving? Probably not. Well, we know they're not because we every time they have a problem, what what's their best friend? Visa. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> maybe MasterCard. For some reason, our generation doesn't use American Express. I don't, even, I don't even know if people take American Express anymore. Yeah, we do. Do you? Yeah. Remember the old Diners Club cards? Where did those go? I have no idea. I know, see? Dinosaurs. I've never even heard of it because you're go. older than me. Yeah, that was the point that I was trying to make there. But... Today's generation making $15, $18, $20 an hour, they're not saving anything. But they don't realize the amount of impact that the latte makes, cable, phone. Let's end it with this. When you and I got married, and, and you know, and again, we're, we share some of these stories not to say, ah, look at how cool we are, because it's the stories we have, and we're hoping that some of these failures, some of these successes that we've experienced, that we've gone through it, We've made as many stupid decisions with money as anybody else, but hopefully we can be open and we can communicate not only as husband and wife, but as hosts to you guys that we're fortunate enough to listen, that are tuning in. So together we can all get better at this. You and I first got married. I didn't have cable. You remember this? Yes, you've already told this story. I was not happy about it. When did we tell it? I Last time or the time before, I don't know. Well, you didn't really tell it. You no. just said we didn't have cable. So And I wasn't happy about it. You weren't? No. Because you shared with me that my parents started a business, I was young, and you guys grew up in a double wide. And, well, not grew Hold up. Hold on. We were only there till I was eight. No, this was what you were using, though, as yeah. the argument. You go, even <laughs> when we were in a double wide, we still had cable. And you go, so I want cable. So then Nerdy McNerdstick takes out a cal- calculator. And I ask you, how much would it cost? You go, 80 bucks. So I do what? Beep, 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 beep. And I go at 5% rate of return because, hey, we're younger, we could take some risk. At 30 years, do you remember how much that came out to? Ballpark? I, a lot. It was about 77, I remember, it was almost 77, $78,000. I go, that's how much we'll spend on, on cable. And there was two things that happened there. You were making maybe 23, 24 grand at the time a year. Money was tight. And I said, you will work for the next three years of your life to pay for cable. Do you still want it? Thanks. And, you and said, I said no. Oh, you said, nah, 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 you put it that way. Right. That right. was the response I got. 
you know, and I'm not saying that people don't deserve cable. I'm not saying that if you're working hard, you don't deserve to go out to eat. I'm not saying that you don't deserve the new $1,200 iPhone or a brand new car or a lease or a vacation or new fishing poles or a boat. Everyone deserves a boat. Don't buy a wood one. Point is, what we deserve, quite frankly, at least on Earth, is irrelevant. You probably deserve all those things. But if the math doesn't equal up, if you don't have the income to do it, if you can't save and have cable, if you can't save and go out to eat, if you can't save and have a boat, if you can't save and play golf, then you don't do those things. It's time to be an adult. Put money away. Because lack of money breaks people up. Lack of money creates fights. I'm not saying that money saves marriages. Hello, Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> but I am telling you, money doesn't make anything better but the lack of money makes almost everything worse. Have a fight with your spouse, be broke, it's worse. Be hungry and be broke, it's worse. Lose a loved one and be broke, it's worse. So we hope today helped. Till next week, I am your co-host, Michael Markey. And I'm Vanessa because he refuses to introduce me. And this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.